This podcast aims to help you get a job, no, a career in creative advertising. And someone commented on our Instagram, one of our recent posts on breaking and entering pod, all one word, at breaking and entering pod. They commented that they wanted to see more account-oriented folks on the show. So, Simon Tillery, this episode is for you. In this episode, we have account extraordinaire, Kristen Barber. Kristen is managing director at Camp and King Chicago. So let's talk about the agency first. Camp and King is a full service advertising agency. They help brands grab a more significant piece of the conversation. Camp and King made Ad Age's 2021 A-list and Ad Age's small agency of the year in 2020 for their creative work for Papa John's with Shaq, Energizer and their Bunny, Ugg, Del Taco, Amazon, and more great clients. Kristen is at the helm of crafting mutually beneficial relationships between the agency and its clients. A senior marketing and advertising executive with broad experience and a long history of delivering game-changing results, Kristen is a leader who has developed integrated strategic marketing and creative communication plans for global iconic brands. In short, if you want to hear great stories and advice and learn how to be a rock star account executive, this episode is just right for you. Shout out Simon again. This field relies heavily on networking and you can network and connect with Kristen and all 110 plus guests by accessing our free master resource list. The master resource list compiles every past guest's contact method and a list of resources they recommend just for you to stay knowledgeable in this industry. All that is for free on our website, www.breaking-entering.com. Now, on with the show. This is the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast, and as usual, I'm your accomplice, Gino Shelfer. Kick it, Mikey. Kristen Barber, welcome to the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. You're in Chicago. I'm in Chicago. We're not far from each other, so that's pretty cool. We could have done this in person, but I didn't know. That's true. Yeah. I, I've done one in-person episode with Remy in, in the past, and it turned out okay, but it's just so much easier online, so... We're doing it now. And it's also but, just more authentic to the podcast. Yes, yes, exactly. But you're in Chicago because you work at Camp and King, correct? As the managing director, which is a pretty big deal. Tell us about that and about yourself. Yeah, so I have been with Camp and King now for four and a half plus years. I I'm thrilled to be in this position. I was actually tapped by Jamie King and Roger Camp, the co-founders, to start the Chicago office and really plant a flag for the agency in Chicago so that we could start, you know, spreading the gospel of Camp and King and pitching prospects east of the Rockies because our headquarters is in San Francisco. So it was an awesome opportunity for me. I had been with DDB Worldwide for a bazillion years 
and had a great run there and had been talking to Jamie and Roger for quite some time before I finally bit the bullet and did the right thing and jumped ship and changed the path for my career to work for an amazing creative boutique. So very excited to plant the flag here in Chicago. For this now, awesome this is going to be, this is going to be a really interesting episode because you, you had a lot, you basically worked at three places your entire career and, and one DDB being a little bit larger, part of a larger network a large brand you know i'm i'm curious what that transition was like to would you would you call camp and king small because they might have won some small agency awards if i'm correct if my research here yes we have in our in our short but mighty tenure we're only 10 years old actually as an agency and we've actually won small agency of the year four times and last year we were in and it is, we've had a good run and we were named Ad Age's A-list agency or one of the A-list agencies last year in 21. So yeah, we've had a good run. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, you know, what's interesting about that transition. I mean, first of all, yeah, it is very rare in this business to kind of stick with one agency for that many, you know, for that length of time. Mm-hmm. But for me, as long as you're learning and growing and you're constantly stimulated with the work that you're doing and the people you're surrounding yourself with, you, sh- you know, staying can be just as valuable as, as leaving. And in my case, you know, my run at DDB, I really had the opportunity to sort of be a pioneer <laughs> that helped these little engines that could sort of explode to be these, these bigger deals. And for me, it happened at a very young age when I first got to DDB and I was brought on to the McDonald's account and I started interviewing with folks. And it was so interesting to me, Gino, because everyone I talked to there said, if you're ready to take on this this job as an account executive on McDonald's, what you need to know is that your mission from God is to steal the business back from Leo Burnett and make us, DDB, the lead agency again. And if you're up for that challenge, guess what? (laughs) You're the account person for us. So that was the climate of the team that I stepped into at DDB and there were like 10 of us, you know, because at the time we just had this little sliver of the McDonald's business while Leo Burnett had really the lion's share of the business. So it was an incredibly energizing team to work on because we, we were on this mission to eventually, you know, get the agency up for review so that we Mm -hmm. could bring it back. So we can well, bring it back home. Did it, did that happen? Gino, <laughs> I will tell you, it absolutely did happen, but the road to get there was really career defining for me. As young as I was, I learned probably the most important principles um, of advertising and why I love it and what works and what's inspiring through this experience. And it, it laid the foundation for my career from there. And I'll explain that a little bit. Basically, 
this group of hungry cats. So we were like, you know, 11, 11-ish account people. We had mm-hmm. obviously creatives and strategists and production folks as well. We worked on this tiny little piece of the McDonald's business and Dick Rogers, who was the North American president at the time, would gather us around. He'd pound down our office doors and say, conference room, conference room. He'd gather us into the conference room. He'd light a cigar and he would say to us, listen, when we get the call, not if we get the call, when we get the call to pitch this business, we're going to be ready. Because every time we go out there, we're going to be smarter. We're going to be showing better ideas. We're going to be 10 steps ahead of our competitors. So we just had this attitude, even though we were not the lead agency, we behaved like the lead agency. And, you know, we came together as a team. And when we did get that call, none of us were surprised because from the very beginning, we sort of willed it to be done. And it was an amazing lesson for me, not only just on, you know, relentless grit and passion and goal setting and all of that, but it was essentially, you know, kind of the holy grail of of what we do in advertising, which is when you are with a group of people and you work so hard together and you have each other's backs, you're pretty much going to be unstoppable. So it was great to learn that at a very, very early age. Right. And even before that, then how did you get in the door at DDB? So I got into the door at DDB. Actually, DDB was my second job. My first job was working on the Chevy business in Detroit, right out of school. And I was lucky to get a job because the economy was just in the shitter. But I think the reason why I got the look at Campbell Ewald, which which was the agency that did all the Chevy work, was because I had some prior experience. And the way that I actually broke into the business actually started in college, my senior year at U of M. When I took a class, it was a smaller class that they gave in the e- in the evening. It was not by a professor; it was by a professional, and this professional was actually an ECD at a small boutique shop in Ann Arbor. They were an award-winning shop. They were doing kick-ass work for the big three. And she taught this writing and advertising class. And I was literally obsessed when I took it. She treated us like creative teams. She issued the actual brief that she used in her agency. And at the end of that class, I went up to her and I was like, hey, I think you need an intern. (laughs) Yeah. And basically asked for a job, you know, and said, Hey, can I, in between class, I'll do whatever you need me to do. I'll get people coffee. I will do research, you know, whatever it takes. And she's like, All right, be at my office at 8 30 on Monday morning. And so that was one of those situations where it was like, Okay, this is cool. Like it was before people were doing internships. And we had an internship and I think that really gave me a leg up to get that job right out of, right out of college. I love it. So she was teaching a class and it wasn't, it was, it wasn't by one of your professors with a PhD, which we've talked about this on the show. And what did you study again at Michigan? Communications. Gotcha. Which aligns. And did you know from that class that you wanted to head into the account direction or were you 
when did you figure out this that account was for you specifically? So I absolutely did not know that I wanted to be an account person. Um, I was very passionate about being a writer. And I quickly learned that if you're going to be a writer, you need to actually have work <laughs> to show somebody that, you know, to prove that you have this talent. And I didn't go to school to create a portfolio. I just took this class and fell in love. So my strategy was, I mean, I did my homework in terms of like understanding what the different roles were at an agency and the internship helped immensely with that. And I decided I need to go in with a specific lane that I'm going to pick or else it will be very hard to get a job if I'm all over the place. So I picked account because in my mind, it was like the center of the wheel, right? So you have all these different spokes of the wheel. You've got media, you've got strategy, you've got creative, you've got production and data analytic, you know, it goes on and on, but the account person is in the center of the wheel and they are they are collaborating and sort of the liaison with everybody and they're the frontline person to the client. So I know that I'm a good salesman. I know that I can tell good stories. And so I just thought, you know what, I'll get my foot in the door as an account person because I, I think I can be pretty good at it. And then that will give me time to build my book mm -hmm. and then eventually I'll become a writer. Right. Okay, so you had the game plan, <clears throat> and that I mean that that narrative is still true today. You do need to show work if you want to get into writing or if you want to get an art direction. It's as simple as that. And the books today now, they're incredible, and there's a lot more means of execution, and it's difficult. Um, so I get that. So when so you so you went account thinking that you would have time to maybe build a portfolio on the side, or or you would break into uh, copywriting. But what happened? What, what, what actually came about of that? So in my first year and a half in account management, which was you're, you're thrown into what was then called the traffic department. And it was really, you know, you're an account coordinator just running your ass off, <laughs> getting things approved and keeping people on deadlines and just learning kind of the nuts and bolts of, of keeping the train on the tracks. And while I was doing that, I became very good friends with a nice art director who was so dear that he stayed with me late at night and I was, he was helping me be the art direction side of a lot of my ideas. So I did actually put a book together, but mm -hmm. what I realized in those first couple of years was I actually, my secret sauce is not coming up with the words necessarily, even though I love it. But because I am super empathetic and appreciative of the creative process, where, where my juice lies is actually take, sitting with the creatives, understanding their idea, really understanding what the client needs to accomplish and building that bridge. And right. I soon realized like there's huge value in that. And it's, it's, it's inextricably linked with the creative, but it's not the one actually producing the work. How do you balance that when your creative team has a really good idea and the client may not like it? What do you do? What do you, what do, how do you balance? It's a balance beam. What's your strategy? Yeah. I think part of 
you know, the art of it and the craft of it is, first of all, having a team and assembling a group of people that really respects each other and where you can have the honest conversation on whether or not the idea is really addressing, you know, what it needs to achieve in order to answer the brief. There are also times where we've had to go back to the client and say, time out. We're not sure the brief is right. (laughs) We're not sure that the questions that are being asked are the right questions. So I think it can happen both inside with the creative where you have to kind of mold to the objectives and it can happen externally with the client where you need to say, Hey, let's shape the ask in the way that's going to get you the best work and the best impact to meet your challenge. Right. That makes a lot of sense. And does it happen a lot in your, in your career? I would say the, the biggest challenge usually is forging a relationship with the client that's based on trust, which takes time. You know, you've got to earn that trust and you earn that trust by digging in with them, getting under the hood, you know, on their business, learning everything there is to know about their business. And when you sort of walk the walk with them and really understand their challenge, you can then go back to the creative team and help with strategy to craft a brief that is so on the nose. And even though we're pushing them creatively, because you have that trust, you know, minds will open because you've been, you've been on their side with them. Do you have a story that maybe sticks out in your memory of an interesting or exciting time where you were walking the walk with a client, where you got to really understand the business and you really connected with a client on a closer level, built that trust? Is there a moment that comes to mind? Yes. I actually do have a great story to share with you. Back when I ran the Conagra business at DDB, Conagra is a big CPG company with many household brands like Hunt's, Ready Whip, Chef Boyardee, Slim Jim, all kinds of those sort of pantry brands that we know. We ran their business and about a year into the relationship, the CMO and the SVP of advertising came to me and said, Kristen, I, we need your help. We need your help because we don't believe that we are setting you guys up to do your best work. And they went on to say that the marketing organization is full of folks who are incredible general managers. They're running their businesses to a T, but where they could really use the agency's help was giving them the tools so that they could actually provide the kind of feedback that's going to nurture a creative idea and ultimately let us do our best work. So the proposition was, can you guys help us educate the marketing organization so that we can get, get, start giving you guys great feedback to get to great work? So this was something that we were thrilled that the clients actually asked our help on. And we had a really successful half-day session. The marketing department got so um, genuinely, like, involved and truly embraced the principles, we saw an immediate impact right after 
having this session, some of the first creative meetings out of the gates, the feedback had very much improved. And ultimately, the work got so much better, so much so that for the first time ever with our Slim Jim work, we were able to get this client nominated at Cannes. So I think that's an awesome example of when you can forge a relationship that's based on trust with your client. I, I would be terrified to be like, if I went to a client, the CMO, I'm like, all right, you guys are, you guys don't know how to give feedback. So we're going to make a workshop to teach you how to do that. Like, that's basically what you're saying. I would be terrified, but the way that you package it, you know, it comes from the heart. You, you have common goals and you want to help each other out. That's what account people do, right? It's true. And I will say there was great groundwork laid by Dave Linney. I mean, he Mm -hmm. was sort of our first gate at this and he's the one that opened the door for us to have the conversation with the CMO. So by the time we got to her, she was already on board and super Mm -hmm. excited. So again, that's another example, right? Of like, listen, you need to have this, this business is about human connection. Like, at every level. It's building an awesome team, you know, that can create an atmosphere where you have each other's backs and you can work your asses off. It's creating work that connects brands to people, right? And it's creating relationships with your clients that are built on trust so that they are, you know, not consumed by fear to do really interesting things. How long does it take if you're put on a new, if you get a new client, like how long does it take to have that healthy relationship? I mean, because you, know, you want to make it as fast as possible. You want to expedite it in, in any relationship, personal ones, romantic ones. You want to build trust right away. But what's your approach with the client? If you just get a new client today, what what's your game plan? The, I would say the number one thing and it's, it's attached to empathy, is listening. Do not go in there and just barrel through with all these ideas. Spend a lot of time listening. And when you do that, you will find clues on how you can be most effective because you will start to learn what keeps them up at night, and, and again, this isn't just what's said in the meeting, right? In the formal meeting. Mm-hmm. It's what happens in the hallway after the meeting, you know? Right. It's what happens when a client comes out of a finance meeting and is super stressed out and you start to really like peel the onion back with them and understand what the pressures are and, and how you can help, you know? So yeah. I would say out of the gates, you need to do a lot of listening. And then you know, you can start to kind of co-create together a path forward. I think the biggest thing is it's hard to say how long does it take because every client and every business challenge is is a little different. You know, when Papa John's brought Camp and King on, they were in a reputational crisis. So we sealed the bond with those guys really fast because we had to, we had to have a win out of the gates with them. Yeah. Yeah. When did you guys start with Papa John's? That was about three years ago now. And are you guys still working together? We are. We are. Nice. And actually, that's a, that's a great example of 
how important relationships are in this business because the reason why Camping King, a rather you know small agency, at least at the time, I got the call. It was a, a former client colleague of mine who I knew very well from McDonald's had just gone over to Papa John's and taken the helm as the chief marketing person. Oh, nice. Yeah, that all makes sense. Connections are important. In in your career, I'm just really curious. I want to start asking this more every episode just because it's 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 fun. Uh, maybe a new recurring question. Like, what's a piece of work that you would say is most fav your is most famous that you've worked on? And then what's a piece of work that is your personal favorite? Hmm. I mean, I would say the most famous was some of the I'm loving it launch work. Mm-hmm. You know, that yeah, was probably the most famous. And that was the first time that McDonald's, you know, sort of took on a global campaign. So it was rolling out that idea across every country. From yeah, McDonald's. that's pretty, it's pretty famous. I, I mean, I, everybody knows that. And then what, tell me again, the second question. Your personal favorite. Oh God. I have so many. That's so hard. That's unfair. That might be a legal question. We, <laughs> we can skip that. I, one, one piece of work. I mean, it's, it's really old actually. And it was for, I believe it was, it was for iPhone and it was the kid who it was, a, came out around Christmas time. I believe it was a 60 second, a piece of video and they ran it on social, but I think they may have run it on TV, but he was, there's all these vignettes of him with his family and everyone's having fun doing holiday things. And he's just kind of seems a little withdrawn and a little bit down. And what you realize at the end of the story is that along the way, he was capturing these moments on his phone and putting together this piece of film that really like spoke to his family about, you know, how much they meant to him. And I thought it was Uh such a great message coming from Apple that was basically like a very emotional message. It was not a techie message. It was not about you know, the newest the product, product right. features. It was, yeah, it was, it was really building an emotional connection to the brand, which I thought was really, really great. They love that at Apple. They do, they do a great job and they understand their why as those videos show of Steve Jobs in the past. So it makes sense, but I want to kick it now to, you know, everybody on this show, a majority of our guests are either copywriters, art directors, designers. We don't have that many account folk on, so we're due, and we're due for some good advice. If you were to talk to your self in college when you were taking that class with the the, the professional, knowing what you right. know now, knowing what you know now, what would you say to yourself as you were? Uh, just starting out in this, in this, in this career? I mean, there's a few things. I mean, I am kind of proud to say a couple of pieces of advice I sort of did. I mean, the first one is just get experience. And I, and I know that sounds like, geez, lady, easier said than done, but 
just get out there, make the phone calls, knock on doors, work for free, like get some of your work and your perspective in front of clients. Like there are organizations where you can sign up and, and actually work on teams and projects. You get real client and, you know, get some of that experience so that you can understand what it takes to be successful before you actually go out and start interviewing. So number one is get experience. I love that. I would say number, number two is just do your homework. And what I mean by that is talk to people in an agency and understand as intimately as you can, what each role does, you know, and what makes a, what makes someone great at that role? What, you know, what do you look for in that role? Sit and chat with people about that. Have lots of co- cups of coffee with people because the very first thing you need to do, the very first brand that you need to sell is yourself. And in order to do that, you've got to be able to tell a story that says, I have this set of capabilities. I have this set of, you know, intrinsic qualities that fits perfectly with X. And it's funny because some people, I know there's a lot, I'm, I work with a lot of young folks who are trying to break into the industry and I want to help them because I'm passionate about helping them because that was, that was, and they're a little all over the place. I find, you know, it's like, they're not really sure I could be this. I could be that, which is totally understandable. But my advice is to get in the door, pick a lane, do your homework, tell your story in a way that fits really well with what you want to just start out with. Because once you get in, Gino, you're then in an environment where you can figure it out. You know, if you come in as an account person and you think you want to be a copywriter <laughs> like me, once you get in there, you'll really understand, like, do I want to be an account person or do I want to be a writer? And by that time, you'll, you know, foster great relationships and have people to help you kind of get in the right lane if you end, ended up starting in the wrong lane. Yeah, absolutely. And I like how you said, just pick a lane, just go. And, you know, it's when you're applying, you got to know exactly what you, what you think you want, at, the, at least you think you want at the time. Because you can't be like, oh, I like art, but I'm really, I'm a good writer too. What do you want to be then? And then you go, I'm not sure. Do you want to be a copywriter or art director? Well, I could do both. No, you can't. You got to pick one. (laughs) You might be great. It's good, but you got to pick one. There's no way you're doing both. So, I mean, it makes sense. And I always like, you know, hopefully a lot of college students listen to this podcast. I, I believe they do with our analytics and a lot of people out of college listen to it when they want to transfer and break back in from another career, which is perfectly fine. But hopefully the goal of this podcast is to to teach you about the different roles, all the advice from these different roles, understand what they do in these different roles. So before you even graduate, you know, you have a pretty damn good idea. Like, oh, I want to do production. Okay. So I'm going to talk to these people in production. If you have the idea before, and then it's just, you know, know exactly what you want. And then you can target that and that'll help your break in much faster than, than, than moving around. So right. what are your thoughts on that? And, you know, it's like you don't have to wait for an official internship to have those conversations. Hell no. You know, internships are harder to get. I think my take has been on this show. I think internships are harder to get than entry level jobs because internships have a start date 
all across the nation, pretty much the same week of June or whatever it is, and yeah. it ends at the same time. And there's only a select amount. As of entry That's level right. jobs, entry level jobs are opening up all the time. They're need based. When they're when the ones open, they got to fill it within a month at the most. Internships are difficult, so waiting for an internship they really are. It, it's stressful. Internships are way more stressful than finding an entry level job. I mean, it depends on the market. That's a blanket statement, but internships are very stressful. And if you're waiting for that, you're you know, you can be doing other things like building your portfolio or making connections with local businesses. What else can you do if you don't have an internship? Right. Right. Yeah. There's a lot, but great. But what else? I mean, I wanted to loop it back to your goal today with Camp and King. You said you're kind of preaching it east of the Rockies. Is that what you said? Yeah. And what are you preaching? So basically, I will say as someone who is kind of born and raised you know, living in and working in a large agency, you know, in Chicago, what's really important, I think, and what, what allows our offering to stand apart is we're a founder run independently operated creative agency. We do have a majority partner in Havas, which also makes us unique because we're essentially a creative boutique, but we've got, you know, this incredible network muscle behind us, which is awesome. So that essentially means, you know, we can tap into some of the the specialty services of Havas, you know, when, when, and if we need to do so, which has been really, really helpful. So this idea of a creative boutique with muscle, I think is, is actually really something that I, I believe clients, not only in Chicago, but in, in this area really need and are, are looking for, you know, they want real partners who can act in a nimble, nimble way, but who can also get under the hood and be true business partners. And I think that this offering with Camping King of a, a boutique with muscle and also an offering that was, you know, our founders. So Jamie King is actually, we don't have two, you know, creative names on the door, which a lot of times is the case with a creative boutique agency. We have Jamie King, who's a strategist by trade. And he matched up with Roger Camp, who's this wild, amazing creative talent. And the two of them, you know, started Camping King. And when, when they first dreamt of the agency, they sat at Roger's kitchen table and, and scratched out on a napkin. I want to make work that people want to talk about. So this idea of creating work that is conversation worthy is, is really sort of at the heart of our philosophy. And Jamie, being a strategist, actually took that philosophy, developed an algorithm and an actual proof that it works for our clients' businesses. And Basically, you know, we're able to kind of go pitch to clients and show them that by developing work that is conversation worthy, you actually have the opportunity to build your business because brands that ignite more positive conversation in their category actually grow four times faster. So there's like a real business piece 
to the aspiration creatively that the agency was founded on. Oh, yeah. Anytime you can be creative and effective, that's a sweet spot because a lot of times we like to talk about super creative ads and you you make a moldy whopper and it doesn't sell. I'm not going to get open that <laughs> can of right. worms. And you know I what? Mean, you wonder why Burger King is up for review right now, right? Oh, it is. I didn't know that. But I, I mean, yeah. well, well, I saw a tweet. It was saying Burger King has great advertising, but the actual place itself needs work. Like people are underpaid. Like they're, the, the quality of their, of, I mean, it's Burger King. Like it's kind of gross. <laughs> and it's like, we need to fix that first before we worry about the advertising. Good advertising can't fix a bad product. I think that's really true. That's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. But I mm-hmm. think this notion of creative, you know, strength in, in world, world-class creative, but also being very deep on consumer and consumer insights and business insights, that, that special like complement and tension is, is really been something that has propelled our agency forward because when we meet new clients, you know, we'll come out of a tissue session and we'll get comments like, wow, you guys really understand, you know, what our challenge is. You really listen to us. And I, I now don't feel as freaked out about the creative because I can understand exactly why it's matching the challenge. So I think, you know, having an, an agency and an agency culture where the strategy and the insight is deemed just as important as the work that they actually mm-hmm. depend on each other is really healthy. And I think it yeah. shows in, in how we present ourselves and present our solutions to prospects. Amazing. And you mentioned Papa John's. What other clients are you guys working with right now? So we are the global agency for Energize as well. So we brought back that beautiful pink bunny and made him, gave him all of his swagger and got him to the point where he is in the mascot, advertising mascot hall of fame. So, you know, has done wonders for their business, which is really great. Remax is another business of ours. Of course, Papa John's. Four Roses Bourbon. Not sure if you're a bourbon fan, but that's part of our part of our roster, as nice. well as Copper Cane Winery and Grove Collaborative as well, which we Perfect. just are finishing up their launch work. Oh, then I will leave it at that. Everybody else that's interested listening, how can they reach out to you, learn more about your story, more about Camp and King and your clients and how to be good at an account? Can they reach out to you and how so? Absolutely. Absolutely. I would say hit me on LinkedIn and I will obviously supply you as you always ask for with some good resources as well. Right. Now I'm going to plug that real quick. Yes, you will have your the recommended resources for our listeners. And to find those, you have to go to our Instagram at breaking and entering pod. And we have like this master resource list, Kristen, of of every guest that's ever been on. We collect their contact info. And we collect the resources all in one Excel sheet, but that's on our website, but it's free on our website, www.breaking-entering.com. So Kristen, thank you so much. This has been great. I really appreciate you getting giving us insight on how to be great at account. Because a lot of people, when I was in college, I wanted to be an account. 
a lot of people I know want to be an accountant and it's, it's not easy. And there's, there's, there's a skill set. There's, you know, things you have to learn. So your advice is really appreciated. Great. Thanks for having me. Did you hear anything on this episode about a job you'd like to have someday soon in advertising, strategy, design, the kind of job where you use your brain and your creativity? If you did, chances are a portfolio can really help you get that job. That's where Chicago Portfolio School comes in. They have programs and classes that help you show off your thinking and get you the job you want. So visit them at chicagoportfolio.com. And if you drop my name, Gino, into the chat box, they'll send you more info and a cool Sharpie or just some more info. You can decide that. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to this entire episode of the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast. If you like what you heard, it would mean a lot to us and help us grow and get better guests, better break-ins. If you could go to Apple Podcasts and leave us five stars and a small review if you have the time. Be sure to connect with our guests if you like what they said by going to our Instagram at breaking and entering pod. It's all one word, breaking and entering pod on Instagram. We have links to their portfolios and their LinkedIn. They want to connect. So do that. And thank you. Thank you to Mikey Malarkey, our audio engineer, and Bujan Zhang, our creative director. Can't do without you two and a team from the University of Illinois. It's a student team from the agency called AdBuzz, their PR agency, and it's been a pleasure working with them. Thank you all so much, and we will see you next week with another amazing guest.